Hi, I'm Tina Spangler at TLC Barrels, and welcome to my podcast. It's April 4th, 2023, and um, it's a special week, almost uh, Easter. So this is a really favorite time of year for me. So I hope everybody is um, having a special week and keeping God and Jesus in their mind and the reason uh, for Easter and uh, he has risen. So um, as we get into the uh, podcast for today, um, this Q&A is number 138. It is uh, designed for my Facebook coaching group. And um, it's been going on since August of 2020, which uh, means that, gosh, it's almost, um, well, it's two and a half years. So August will make three years. So I want to welcome new members, Ashley in Florida, and welcome back, Katrina and Margaret from Florida. A lot of times members come and go based on their seasons or what they have going on with their horses and things like that. So I'm always happy to have people come back. Um, 250 people have signed up over the last two and a half years. Um, there's always over 110 to 20 members active in the group at all times. And it's just a really fun, positive environment. And I really love being a part of your journey. Um, let's see here. I want to start with a story, as I often do. Um, the first thing I want to talk to you about is um, today I think it's important um, to start your every day with a positive and thankful heart. And Easter makes me even think of that more. Um, oftentimes we, uh, you know, we get far away from God and we don't even realize we get far away from ourself and what makes us happy. And, um, and it is important that you live a life that you love. And often that doesn't happen. Um, because we get so caught up in the world and things like that. So today marks six days since um, my hip surgery and the doctor cleared me last week to get back to lessons and clinics and cleaning stalls and hay bags and all that fun stuff. You know, I wasn't able to do more than 10 pounds for a while there of lifting and you can't bend and there's a lot of rules. But anyways, I'm excited that I'm cleared. And then he said, I can start riding my horses in the middle to the end of May. Um, just got to get a little more strength in my left hip and balance back and then we'll be good to go. Make sure all the healing is completely done in there with the new joint. So, um, so I'm excited. I'm excited about that. I'm looking forward, um, to riding Rocky again. Um, and I think, a lot of times I think you have to look at the greater good of things long term. And what I wanted to share with you today is about training horses. Um, but it made me think of my son when we were growing up. He was growing up and we were living on our ranch. There were a lot of horses. Um, so he had to be careful. <clears throat> I had my horses, training horses, boarding horses. <clears throat> but my son was also into reptiles of every kind, you know, um, snakes and spiders and lizards, you name it. He even had a bug club when he was little. I'd pick his friends up from school. They would go out and look for everything they could find and put it in tanks on the porch. And then when the parents came to pick up the kids, they would show them what they found and they document it in their little books and drew their pictures. And then we had to release them. We had a catch and release and nobody could get, animals could get hurt. 
And um, that was their deal. And it was really fun for them. But because of living on a ranch and being a single, well, I wasn't a single mom, but my husband traveled all the time. So it was just me and my son all the time. I would, I didn't realize I was telling him all the time that could kill you. That could kill you. That could kill you. You know, like a coral snake or a uh, pygmy rattler or a brown recluse spider. And so I was always like, this could kill you. This could kill you. And I didn't realize what I had done to my poor child until one day he ran up to me. He had done something he wasn't supposed to in bug club. They were looking for creatures. They came across a black racer and they're not poisonous, but they are aggressive. And they tried to pick it up with a stick and then their hands. And sure enough, he got bit. So he ran to me crying, am I going to die? Am I going to die? And I laughed and I said, no, I just have to clean it and you'll be fine. And, uh, you know, I made sure to, to look at the snake and stuff. But I knew the brown, or I knew the black racer and it hung out in a certain area. And I, I knew that's what it was and what he had done. And, um. So anyways, I, he didn't listen to me, even though I tried my best to get him to uh, pay attention to that rule. Um, but, you know, it's the same thing with the surgery. It starts off bad and then it gets better. And the same thing with horses. If you do not like, that's why I'm sharing that story. I gave my son a foundation hoping it would keep him alive and safe. And thank God he's 26 and he did survive. <laughs> so but but you give them you give them boundaries so that they have a foundation and they don't get in trouble but yet they know they can come to you and trust you you're not going to get mad at them but you're going to help them and that's what I wanted my son to know and um with the horses it's the same thing if you only enjoy competing and you don't enjoy the bonding and the training I doubt you'll last or be happy because you have to enjoy the training and the competing as well. In my all honesty, I enjoyed the training more than I did the competition. I, I mean, competition to me was, it was fine. It was fun. Um, and I loved winning, but I also, I also didn't really care for, you know, driving to the long way far events or spending a long, a whole day there to make one run or two or three runs and you know that kind of stuff but I because I, I, to me it wasn't a big social thing because I I wanted to get home to my husband and my son and my uh horses at the ranch and blah 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 so it wasn't about just hanging out with my friends and family time and things like that for a lot of people it is <coughs> it's you know their social event me it was go there run and then get back you know if I had training horses with me too I was working so so, but I always loved the training. Um, I love that time to watch a horse progress. And, and so I just want to say that, you know, just remember without a solid foundation, without going back to your basics um, and improving the rider's cues or the horse's foundation, it's going to be really hard to stay competitive if you don't go back to basics with your horse throughout it. And you have to be willing to do that. And you have to be willing to have that done before you get on the competition road too you know a lot of people want to go right from maybe you start at speed show or um or maybe you start at little mbha shows and then you decide you know hey i want a super show or i want a pro rodeo you know and there's a lot of steps and stages that go from you know riding in slack or open rodeo or a one day super show two day super show and getting your horse used to covered buildings or enclosed buildings and the noises and sounds of rodeo and there's a lot that is a process and just like my training with my child trying to keep him safe and give him a good foundation 
So just think of life that way. Um, it's just like the precautions they give me on my hip. If I overdo it, I could dislocate it and need to have two surgeries or waste all the time and money that I spent trying to fix it. So, you know, that's what I'm just trying to say. Don't think of horse training as just getting to compete. There's so much more that needs to go into it. And all of you know that. So today's um, topic, I'm going to talk about part five of horse training, uh, the drills that you can do on the pattern for a tune-up. Um, and this last week was drills and dry work away from the pattern and when and why to use them this week is drills on the pattern and when and why to use them. So, um, for, you know, the other thing I want you to think about too, is, um, with your life, um, you've got to set your own goals and be true to your heart. For me, I just love a very simple, peaceful life. Now I love my business, you know, my TLC, the coaching, the lessons, the clinics. I enjoy my ranch and my horses and just a very simple, peaceful life. You know, I'm, I'm planning to save for retirement and enjoying just the day-to-day -day life and, and all of that stuff. And, you know, but I'm 56 and I did 30 years of my business. I did 25 years of training horses and competing and going hard. And you get to a point where you just kind of ready for a change. And that's why I'm just coaching now because I was ready for that change and just enjoy my horses for fun now, instead of competitively, you know, trying to go hard and be at the top of your game. So, um, and never say never, that might change again, but for now, that's where I'm at right now. And, uh, I think that's important that people be true to their heart because I think life is like a book with many chapters and there's many seasons in your life and some of you know that more than others those of you that are sidelined due to a lame horse um, or maybe financial things or, or you know maybe health things going on there's a lot of times it's frustrating and, and heartbreaking um, but you just have to persevere and and trust that you know what's meant to be is going to be and it will all be full circle and come around again for what you want and and that's where I think you have to have a strong spiritual relationship with God and just kind of pray on it and and trust that what's going to be will be so so as we talk about the um, challenges for April and then I'll do the questions and the topic um, the challenges for the group um, the skill is to take action daily so I'm up to 8,000 steps a day now. Last week was 5,000. This week is 8,000. Um, I'm a little bit sore after, but I'm taking action every day to make sure I, I when I first started walking, it was 1,000 steps and 2,000 and 3,000, you know, so I'm up to four miles now and, um, and, you know, I'm sore afterwards, but, but I'm taking action daily to get back in the saddle again. I'm doing my physical therapy, all of that. So take action daily to ride your horse or to improve yourself. Um, it can be in many ways. Um, <clears throat> the mindset challenge this month is checking in with your goals that you set for yourself at the beginning of the year. <coughs> is your goals working? Is your schedule working? And adjust it so you can stay the course. Um, use your performance tracker so you can track it, track your progress. So those are the uh, challenges. <coughs> and I'll be posting things in the group um, this whole week or this whole month on it and just to help you um, grow in that area. So I am doing videos. I had about 
40 come in. Um, some are private, some are sharing in the group, probably half, half and half. Um, I did quite a few already. I think I have about eight left to do today. But I also have to take my <coughs> four-wheeler to the shop today because it busted after my lesson last night. The starter decided to go out. I think it's a starter. Anyways, always something, right? So um, I, I'm back to doing lessons again, too. So that's taking a little more of my time. But but I am working on lessons half or videos half a day and, and then outside half a day. So um, it's so nice to be outside again half a day. Um, let's see here. Question. Uh, first question, is one hand or two hand better um, between the barrels? Um, so my answer to that is it really depends on the horse and the rider. Um, I honestly feel like less is more. Um, if you can ride your horse with your eyes and your energy, your body and your legs saying, you know, go up in the hole and do it one handed, that's awesome. Some horses need a little bit of balance rein. Um, my girls, I could often ride them one-handed from first to second and just swap when I got closer to second. Um, I could often ride one-handed to third and even whip them one time from second to third as soon as I got out of second barrel and, uh, just go right back to the horn and look and ride up in the hole. But there are some horses that do require a little balance rein to keep them squared up. Um, it doesn't really mean my right or wrong. It's just what works best with that horse. But I can tell you this, quiet hands are important whether you're one-handed or two-handed. You don't want to lift a horse and hold them off the barrels. Um, you don't want to have to try to, uh, you know, cross your withers or um, be doing too much. If you have quick timing and you want to do a quick bump and release for rate or shape, that's fine. Or a little bump with your balance rein to keep them straighter longer. But the key is bumping, not pulling, and um, having that really good hand timing um, and keeping your hands in the six-inch box in front of your saddle horn, not being chest high or thigh high or pulling over the barrel. Those are all important. Hands hand should always be light and guiding, always with give and take pressure. Um, so I hope that helps you answer that question. And really, the way that you want to ride is how you should practice. So if you want to do one-handed, Practice figure eights one-handed, you know, practice straight lines with go, rate, and turn cues all one-handed. So you, your horse is used to not having a balance rein. <coughs> if you have a really stiff horse, one-handed one is usually okay. But if you have a really bendy horse, sometimes you do need the two-handed um, until they learn to move off leg and hips and things like that better. Um, so that's something else you could consider. Next question, my horse is very anxious at big events. What can I do um, to help them? First, I would ask what has changed at that big event. Is it the rider's nerves got more intense because you're at a bigger event and you felt pressured to override? Um, second, is it just the environment change of the enclosed building? It's their first time there or is it really loud or claustrophobic? Um, third, uh, did you change how you warmed up or the holding pin area, uh, might've been a little bit un unusual for them. Is there a possibility number four, that they're getting pain somewhere or having ulcers, stomach ulcers or bleeding lungs or, um, you know, soreness in their body somewhere, uh, diet change as well. Number five, um, 
if you're not if they're stalling and they're not used to stalling they're used to tying out that can change their demeanor and you may need more time to warm them up a slower warm-up you know go back and tie them out at the trailer or walk them out in the out in the field longer you know there's a lot of things so the first thing I ask anytime uh, your barrels get better or worse in competition is what has changed and that's where your performance tracker comes in and you want to log about it so um, seasoning takes time and just keep that in mind with the mind of a horse everything takes time it takes seasoning and seasoning can take two or three years depending on the horse the training process, the seasoning process, all of that can take two to three, four years. So question, my horse is really ready in the buildings. What can I do to free him up? Um, really start to track your performance, especially if it's at a three-day show um, and they're starting to get ready, more ready in between. You might try sprinting. You could also, you know, where you breeze them, where you lope the short sides of the arena and sprint the length and put the fun back in the run for them where they don't have to rate and turn a barrel. You could do the fence-to-fence -fence exercise on, on a practice night. Uh, you could do the rubber band drill. You could load big circles between the barrel and the fence and make them go all the way to the fence. The rubber band drill would also work for going all the way to the fence, standing them up and going past the uh, barrel. That would be good. Um, uh, another thing happens with some horses at three-day shows, they get more seti uh, and um, they start rating harder each run. So you have to drive more each run and wake them up more each run. Another fun drill for that kind of horse is when you practice, uh, walk, go in easy into the turn, rate going in, easy going around, but then let them hurry out of the turn as fast as they want to go. And then about halfway to the next barrel, just bring them back to you and easy in, easy around, and then let them hurry out whatever speed they want. And then about, you know, halfway between the barrels, bring them back to you and easy in, easy around and hurry out. And that can also put a little fire back into a horse. Um, some horses are going to get more nervous at big events. For those horses, you may want to slow down. If you're having rider issues or horse issues on the pattern, go back to slow as smooth and smooth as fast and slow down. Oftentimes, if you get your turns pretty again by sitting properly in the saddle, um, using your hands and legs correctly, uh, practicing that. One of our little girls in our group is so dedicated that she slowed her horse down and now she's back in the 1D again winning um, top with top open horses uh, and she has a saddle rack in her bedroom and her saddle in her bedroom and she sits in the saddle and practices sitting in the middle of her horse you know what her hips mean what her hands mean and, and mimicking how she wants to ride each horse that she rides because she rides two or three horses and um so you know it's dedication it's taking action daily and really thinking it through working on your balance working on your cues all of those things <clears throat> so I think that's awesome that she's does that and you can see why she wins because she's so dedicated and taking action every day to improve her riding and communicate better with her horse. Next question, um, a stiff, stiff in the turns. So if you have horses that are really stiff in the turns, I like in and outs or figure eights with lateral bend. I'll be posting a video in the group on that today. There already is in and outs, but I'm also going to show a bend, a lateral bend 
thing that you can do with your horses to get nose and shoulder, nose in, shoulder up and out, but also maintain forward motion in case you're in competition and you do pick them up, but you can keep your legs on them and sit up, you know, in the saddle, not forward, but sit up straight and, um, and drive them through it with your inside hand and legs still shaping them, but keeping four wheel drive. So I'll post a video on that as well in the group. The next question is, um, let's see, what is the best way to improve your horsemanship? Um, answer for that is just keep learning your entire life. Number one, ride as often as you can. Number two, ride as many horses as you can. Number three, take as many lessons and clinics as you can. Number four, listen to podcasts and read books. Stay inspired. You know, as a kid, I never really liked school. There wasn't very many subjects I was excited about, but horses did get me fired up. And um, my parents divorced when I was eight. So, you know, the parenting wasn't quite there as much as it should be. I got in some trouble in my teen years. I really think had they kept me in horses and, and stayed more involved with me and kept me going there my, where my passion was, I might have stayed out of trouble. But, you know, they were young young kids having kids basically you know my son's age with three kids I can't even imagine and you know three kids in your early 20s are you kidding me um but that's how they did it back then you know a lot of them um so and you know if you have you know good structure or your parents stay together that really helps but if you have my point is if you find a passion you need to pursue it whether you're a child or an adult um, whatever your passion is, you're going to be more into it. So <clears throat> I don't think it should be pushed on you. I think you have to want it. And that's a very important part of it. So now I'm going to go ahead and discuss my top 10 drills to do on the barrels. And why? So uh, number one is straighter longer. <coughs> this is when you learn to ride your horse square meaning looking between their ears hips and shoulders even hands and legs even using two hands and two legs evenly to ride the horse all the way until your leg gets to pass the barrel getting your horse in the hole um, this will take out rider anticipation it will take out horse anticipation it's most often used in competition but it's a great tune-up in slow work as well for both the rider and the horse it can be done at a walk, a trot, and a lope, and you can stop when your leg gets past the barrel, or you can do it with transitions where you rate straight, but you don't turn until you're past the barrel when you get their hindquarters behind the barrel in the hole. And that's the key to get the back feet between spot one and two before you turn, not turning when their shoulder gets to spot one, the entrance, but getting them in the hole. The second thing is uh, in and outs. I love in and outs as a tune-up on the pattern because it teaches a horse to move away from your inside hand and leg. I don't want to compete that way, but there are times when you're out of position and you need to move a horse. And it would be nice to know that you could put weight in your outside stirrup and use your inside hand and leg and your horse would move into position for you or possibly pick up their shoulder and soften their rib cage for you, but maintain four-wheel drive. A lot of times what happens is people sit and then they cross their wither. So that says rate and turn before you get to the barrel. Sometimes, though, if you learn to sit up and then use your weight outside stirrup and inside hand and leg, you can keep the four-wheel drive and move the horse out. But the key is to not sit down but sit up 
And I'm not saying lean forward, I'm just saying hips, heels, and shoulders aligned. So you want to ride quiet, not busy, but you want it to be subtle, but they need to be responsive. And that's why we do our slow work. So our horses are soft and supple and responsive to slow work so that when we go fast and everybody's on the adrenaline, they still will be responsive. Number three is squares. If you have a horse that's really hot, I would take them to each spot, spot one, spot two, spot three, and I may even go to the front side, spot four, and do this a couple times before I go into the next barrel. And I'll half halt, which is a dressage term for, it's like rate, I'll either rate or stop every quarter turn while I stay two-handed and teach that horse. Um, the in and outs is something you can do one-handed, straight or longer, you can do two-hand till your leg gets the barrel, one hand around the barrel. But squares, you stay two-hand for the whole thing. Unless you, your horse is pretty good, you can stay one-handed with your hand on the center of the rein. Um, and with that horse, it teaches patience around the barrels. It's also really good for horses that overbend around the barrels or want to rush their turns. Um, so squares are good for all of those reasons. A hot horse that needs to relax, patience, or overbending horses. <clears throat> the next one is fence to fence drill with a roll back away from the barrel number four and I've used that one anytime I had a horse that was just trying to turn and not focus on me but focus on the barrel I'd walk fence to fence with the barrels first and second barrels on the uh, left side of me and then I'd always roll back to the right and I'd do that at a walk trot and lope my focus would be between their ears riding to the fence and make them go past those barrels. I'd probably be about five feet or more from the uh, barrel so that they're thinking about me and not the barrel. Um, you know, but five feet is good because they might think you're going to turn the barrel, but instead you're riding to the fence. Um, so fence to fence, roll back away. And if you need to switch it up, you can also do a circle, stop at the fence, loop, you know, roll back away, then go to the next fence, stop, roll back away, do a circle. You know, just kind of mix it up if you've got a horse that anticipates or that's pretty smart and needs changing it up a little bit. I have videos for everything I'm talking about. You can find them in the members only website page or search the group. Uh, you can find all these drills. The next one, number five, is single barrel on the pattern. There's videos for that as well. <coughs> I love this one for timing but not overrunning the barrels. You can work the first barrel, you know, six or seven times and, um, or just one barrel that you're having trouble with second or third, whatever barrel you need to work by working just that one barrel on the pattern. And then when you're happy with it, go to the next barrel, stop and pet them and let them think about it. And, um, there is a video for that too. It's where you go into the barrel normal and then you go back out to a huge circle, then come back into the barrel normal and you switch it up, walk, trot, lope, etc. cetera. Uh, number six, is my uh, all lefts, all rights, and you do it with the three barrels, so the barrel pattern set up, and that's going to promote fluidity, it's going to promote good form of using four-wheel drive, front and back feet to each quarter turn, so I would do that in perfect five-foot or ten-foot circles around the barrel to promote uh, flexion, fluidity, and take away some anticipation. Also, get a horse thinking about turning really nice in perfect circles versus just running from one barrel to the next. Number seven <coughs> is circles with true turns. And um, with the circles and true turns, that one's a great one to get a horse focused on you. 
It promotes flexion, fluidity, also good form for a true turn as well. So I would go around the barrel with a perfect five foot circle one or two times or until they're listening. And then on the final one, I would keep the five feet going in on the backside, but then I would finish tight with three feet. So that way they're working off my inside hip, outside leg to snap out. But otherwise I'd be on my outside hip and using inside hand and leg for shape when I'm doing the circle. Number nine is rubber bands. Rubber band is great to work from fence to fence. You can do it from first to second, from second to third. It takes away anticipation. It teaches a horse to stand up and be balanced and um, the shoulders and hips are even. Teaches the riders to ride to the fences. It teaches a horse to go to the fences um, and not cut you off or drop their shoulders going into the turns. Um, it also keeps the roundness and softness that you want with that rib cage as well. Uh, the 10th the one, um, rate work. Rate work's really important for all horses. Even on my push horse, if I'm going to be pushing them or all they have from the alleyway, I want to know they remember to rate before the barrel. So even my push horses, I might go ahead and walk to the barrel, stop when my leg gets the barrel or where the tracks cross, depending on what I feel like that day. Um, and I'll either stop and, and back up a couple steps if they don't do a loose rein woe, or I'll do transitions and I'll just rate down and separate my rate and my turn cues. Um, I want to go back over these top 10 and tell you which ones you can use just for exhibitioning or just for tune-up or both. So number one, straight or longer, you can do both as a tune-up or in exhibitions at a jackpot. The second one is in and outs, and you can do that for both exhibition or tune-up. The third one is squares, and again, exhibition or tune-up, so both. The fourth one, fence to fence, you can only do that as a tune-up because most likely in an exhibition, you won't have time. The fifth one, single barrel, that's a tune-up. You can't do that at exhibition. Um, number six is the uh, all lefts, all rights. Again, tune-up only on that one. And then number uh, seven, uh, circles and true turns you can probably do that one both as long as you're there early and you don't hold up the exhibition line and then number eight big circles um oh I, I think I missed that one number eight was big circles sorry uh, I do things like that sometimes um for number eight in big circles that's where you would do like a 10 or 20 foot circle around the barrel every barrel that's for a horse that needs to just take some anticipation away get the barrel off of their brain and work more on good form and using their hindquarters around the barrel, a perfect circle, 10 or 20 foot where they're got speed control, cadence. Um, they're using their shoulder up and their ribs out and their hip under. And the circle is a perfect circle. It's not an oval or an egg or a square. It's a circle, same size all the way around. Um, it has a collection and rhythm. <clears throat> that one only has a tune-up. Number eight. Number nine is the rubber bands. That one's only as a tune-up. And then, of course, number 10, you can do both. The rate work, you can do that in exhibition or as a tune-up. So I think that's all of them. So I want to go ahead and uh, remind you guys to have a one-minute sprint. Remember, in the beginning of the year, those of you that are new members, if you listen to the podcast on your first challenge and also um, – also, what to do now that you've joined. You know I like you to keep a journal or a performance uh, tracker of your barrel racing log. In there is room in my books that you can buy on Amazon for $10. Uh, 
in my performance tracker, there's a place for a one minute sprint. It can be a one minute prayer where you thank God for everything great in your life and you're thankful for your horse and the ability to be able to be at a barrel race and that you're enjoying the process, that you're going to be calm and focused on one or two things. You're going to trust your training during the week and just have fun and enjoy your competition. And, um, you know, have a one minute sprint that works for you. And remember how thankful and blessed you are. It is the Easter holiday. So remember to live a life that you love because God gave that to us. He gave his son and he rose again. He died for our sins so that we can live a life that we love, you know. And, um, and you know, it's just a, a very uh, thing that we should be just really thankful for. And, um, you know, I want you to... Um, don't forget, it's very important that you, um, to me, it's important. I, <coughs> I hope it is to you, but you can use uh, the group to search, go to the members only website. There is so much information in there. You can search the group for anything that you're uh, wanting to learn. Use my books, watch my videos. There's so much information in the group. There's one year of challenges and well, well there's, gosh, there's two and a half years of challenges. There's two and a half years of Q&A, but there's only one year at the website and then the rest you have to search for in the group. Um, but I just wanted there to be at least a year's worth of both in there easily for you to find. Um, and I want to go ahead and close with saying, um, saying that I want to thank you guys for letting me be a part of your journey. My business is organic um, for 30 years. I grow it organically. I don't pay for big Facebook ads. I don't have the fancy website that costs $100 a month. My business has been boot to boot over the fence its entire um, entirety. So uh, there is a spring special for our members. If you tell a friend and they join and they join for two months, you get one month free if they mention your name. And that's for um, April. That's an April special. So um let your friends know to join for April. And that's what they, if they sign up for two months, you get one month free. And when they mention your name. So I want to close with saying Luke 24, 6, 7. He is not here. He has risen. Um, God has uh, had him die for us, for our sins. And, um, and we just want to keep that in mind this week. So I hope everyone has an awesome, happy Easter and uh, enjoying your family and your friends and your four-legged babies. And God bless y'all. And as always, ride with heart. Thank you.